Welcome to the Housing Literacy Podcast with host Matt Garino, founder of Powerful Homes. Matt's mission is to empower dreams through home ownership. We're here to help. We're going to do this together. And now, Matt Garino. Welcome back to the Powerful Homes Podcast, where we empower dreams through home ownership and real estate investing. And how do we do that? here at Powerful Homes? Well, the way we do it is through a certain set of uh, mindsets and as well as some very specific tactics and actual things, rubber meets the road, boots on the ground, things that you can actually use. So what we're trying to do on these uh, videos, these podcasts, is to create value for you guys. So if you are looking to buy a home, if you're looking to sell a home, if you're looking to get into real estate, to buy an investment property or many properties, what we're trying to do is give you some uh, tactics and things you can use and have immediate impact. So today's topic is one that it's probably the most um, asked question that I've had other than should I buy or not buy and where should I buy and that kind of thing. It's how do I find a good contractor and how do I um, have a good relationship with that contractor, a long-term relationship. So what we're going to talk about uh, this this time on the podcast is 10 things to do to create a successful long-term relationship with your contractor. And um, and the way we're going to do that, I have a little um, three words or a couple words that we use with a uh, punctuation. Um, we say often in at Powerful Homes that we got this. And so the each one of those letters um, stands for one, one of the things we, you should do to develop a long-term relationship with the contractor. So we're going to use, we got this exclamation point uh, to make the point of, of how to create a great relationship. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about before I jumped on this podcast today was that for the last 20 years, every single day, I've had some contractor working for me doing something, either doing a remodel or building homes, uh, subdividing uh, lots or uh, you know, across the country in, in Washington, um, Utah, Tennessee, all over the country, I've had contractors working for me. So basically that means that for the last 7,000 straight days, I've been working with contractors. And what I want to make, the big point I want to make is these set of best practices and tactics that you can use to improve your relationship and um, make it long-term aren't because I did everything right. <laughs> In fact, I would say that, uh, you know, it's like that old adage, you know, how do you get good judgment? Well, you use bad judgment and then you learn from it and amend and change your behavior. So these 10 things, these 10 things to do to have a great relationship with your contractor are basically mistakes I've made. So what I'm going to do is go through the 10 of them and add a few stories in there, uh, but I'm not going to go through every single one and add a story. But what I am going to do is I'm going to on, on the notes to this podcast and on our website, I'm going to post the, the full summary of these 10 things, as well as give you my cell phone number. Because our, we're truly, sincerely in it to help you um, do better than we've done in the past and, and have successful real estate experiences as a homeowner and, and investor. So I'll put a bunch of materials out there you can, you can download and, and take a look at. And if you had any questions about any one of these things, you can just text me or give me a call. And, and uh, so let's jump into it. So the first thing, uh, the W, and we got this, is to write it down. I'll say that one more time, write it down. And what I mean by that is to get everything you're going to do with a contractor in writing and to get it in writing before you start. And what would that mean? That would mean the contract, the, the contractor agreement, um, including payment terms, 
and it would include um, labor. What are the labor costs? What are the material costs? And then what is the profit that the contractor is going to take? Also, it, it would have uh, the payment terms. Um, I strongly recommend a very small deposit and then maybe doing percentage of completion for payment, meaning you know, you pay 10% down, then you go a third, a third, a third, um, and then maybe or maybe not hold back. It's called a hold back or retainage, five or 10% until everything's done to your satisfaction. So write it down. Um, also get in writing before you start. I can't stress that enough because after it starts, it's maybe too late. But I would get a copy of the general liability insurance of the contractor. I would get a copy of the workers' compensation insurance uh, by, from the contractor. I'd also get a copy of um, their license that's in good standing in the state or the jurisdiction that they're working in. So the W is to write it down before you start. Second is to set realistic expectations. And that's important, again, before the job starts, because you know the contractor might know not uh, might not know what you expect you know when he comes to the job and what time of day and what time of day should he start and finish uh, possibly weekend hours if you're living in a home what what do you want to do to make sure your kids are safe um, and on the flip side so often contractors bid tons of jobs and then two months later he accepts your job and by then he's got eight other jobs going and you're number nine. And you're, and you're sitting there wondering, well, how, you know, why, why is it taking longer? How come I'm not as important as I was two months ago? So setting expectations up front about all the logistics of the job, what you expect, even putting in writing in that contract, um, the timeline and, and a delivery date, maybe even a bonus if they delivered on time. But setting those expectations, having the, airing that out beforehand is really, really important. Um, so the G in We Got This is to go deeper. What do I mean by that? Um, so often, you know, we know people um, from our kids' sports teams or just our groups that we're in, and somebody recommends a contractor. And just because we know the person that referred them, we believe that it, it could be a great experience and we don't need to do any vetting or digging. That's a huge mistake, and I've done it many times. But what I would say is to do a thorough screening process. And what does that mean? You can run a background check. You can run their credit score to make sure that they're okay with their money and you know you're they're going to be handling some of your money you can do just a basic google google search um checking with the contractor association and then and to see if um any of their references definitely check references before you start so lots of things you can do uh to protect yourself there so what so this is one of the ones i wanted to give an example of it so all four of my kids they're grown now um 25, 23, 21, and 20. But when they were in their teens, we would be on the sidelines for hours and hours, days on end, watching soccer games and basketball games. One of the my son's father's, a friend's father, um, approached me one time after I'd known him for years and said, hey, I know you do a lot of real estate. I'd love to do some work for you. I'm a real, uh, really great guy. And I knew him. He seemed like a pretty cool guy. So did I do any screening? Did I want a background check? Dude, did I do any of the things I'm telling and really stressing for you, you guys to take a look at? No, I did not. So what happened was I hired him for the job and I paid him a bunch of money, probably $50,000 project. And then one day I drove up the job to the job site and all the contractors were really upset in the driveway waiting for me to get there. And they said that this person hadn't paid them since the job started. They're gonna walk off the job and what a nightmare. So what happened was then I went home 
and I ran a background check. I did a Google search. Turns out that he lived in Hawaii for 10 years and it was all over, all over the internet, how he was to skip out on jobs. He, he was had like five different lawsuits and I could have known it all before I started. So go deeper before you start, even if you think this person's a friend or a friend of a friend. Do not take any of that at face value. Go deeper, dig it, dig in and, and find out. So the O in we got this is to stay organized. It's so easy to get excited about the work part, um, doing your kitchen or you know, changing the floors out, do, you know, all the fun stuff that goes with it and to put off the uh, billing and administration part. I don't love it. I used to be a CPA. Now I'm not. Uh, I feel sorry for my clients looking, <laughs> looking back on that. Um, so organization and, and doing that is not my favorite thing anymore, but I can't stress enough how um, putting off that stuff to later, either it's a big job or a small job is a huge mistake. So I'd even advocate on a weekly basis, having a digital filing system, a cloud-based filing system to put all your stuff, all the payments, the invoices, the permits, copies of everything, just put it out there and do it on a weekly basis to stay on top of it. So the O is get organized. Um, the T in we got this is to trust but verify. Um, so one of the things to, that you can do, there's a few different structural things you can put in place um, to make sure that you are um, trusting but verifying. And one of them is to put a process, a payment process with a lien release. You can even stamp on the back of a check a partial lien release. And for those of you who don't know what a lien is, it's just a claim on the house. A mechanics lien is probably the only way one of the only ways uh, for a contractor to um, get paid. So if you don't pay them, they can attach to your house and put a claim on your house. It's called a lien. So one of the ways, uh, the structural things that I would really stress uh, you putting out there is to, um, you know, and again, this can be in the show notes uh, after this podcast, you can look it up, is a partial lien release, which means, say it's a $100,000 job, and you've paid that you're going to pay them 25 25 25 now after a deposit of 15. each time you pay the 25 you put a stamp on the back and essentially it says that the contractor swears that they have paid all the labor and materials with this this payment so if they don't do it they get in big trouble so basically you're releasing the, the lien as you go on the on the project a fantastic thing to do and i can't stress enough how, how good of an idea that is the other one is to trust but verify so trust that the work was done right but make sure that the permits are pulled and then as the work is done have an inspector from the city or the jurisdiction uh, jurisdiction you're in come and sign off on it so trust verify have the work done and have it signed off by an inspector or a third party and finally, one other thing you can do to trust but verify is if you give your uh, keys out to your house or the code to your garage, I would suggest changing that code or changing that, uh, the, the pad on your garage every couple of few weeks. So that way your number, the security of your house um, doesn't get into hand, people you don't know. Again, trust but verify, put some guardrails in there to make sure things are going right. Another, the, another T, and we got this, is to talk regularly. So often there's some cool software out there these days that people use. Um, but I think that talking either on the phone, on a Zoom or face-to-face -face, is such a big thing because the culture, the vibe of your job needs to be one where contractors trust you and you trust them, mostly with the mistakes. If something happens or there's a squeeze test where the guy doesn't know what to do or the woman doesn't know what to do, they feel comfortable because you've spent time talking with them. 
So that's the T for uh, to talk regularly. The next one is, is the H and we got this is honesty is the only policy. Can't stress that enough. So often I have found that egos kind of creep in. Um, often, you know, there's certain things I've never done for, for the, never done, but it's the first time, or it's the contractor's never done something for the first time. And there's some vulnerability and security about all of that. I think to set a, a culture of honesty and telling people, I want to hear the bad news. I want to hear if something goes wrong is so important uh, to do. So honesty is the only policy. Um, and then even setting a policy in place, putting a policy in place that you reward it. If you bring a, bring a problem and we, and we take it down, we solve it. That's a big deal. Um, the next one, and we got this, is to inspect what you expect. Um, so one of the things I recommend here is to, if it's a big project, you can even hire a third party uh, vendor. Uh, there's one called Multivista, it's a franchise, but they'll come in and take videos and photos as you're going of the project, what's behind the walls. Really good idea. So that way, three years down the road, you'll know exactly where the, the plumbing pipe is or where the shutoff is behind the wall. So inspect what you expect. And even a, a good example of that would be um, walking around with a level as you as you go through the property or having your inspector bring a level, making sure that the countertops they just put in are level or the bathtub is level or the new wall that they just framed is, is vertically uh, correct. So inspect what you in expect. Um, and then the S and we got this is for safety. Um, safety first. Of all the things I, I would say, making sure everybody's safe, no job is worth it. No, nothing ever is worth it if people don't go home safely every night. So one of the things that the story I would give that share there is um, I just like to create, create almost some, create like a game atmosphere. Gaming is a big thing these days, especially during COVID. But I would, I would create, um, you know, almost like a family feud once a week. I'd go there and, and have 10 safety questions. And the person that got the most right gets, gets a reward, maybe a, a, a $50 bill, actual $50 bill, which is fun to receive. And, and then, or uh, the person that they voted was the safest on the job. Uh, it, they get uh, a reward. Some other things you can do for the safety is to have a policy. Is to, I, and again, this is gonna be in the show notes. I have a safety policy, then you can download it and use it, um, saying that, look, no smoking on the job, no drinking on the job, job no drugs. Um, it's supposed to keep the windows and, and doors locked at night. Uh, you clean up after yourself uh, and you take care of each other. And if, and if you need any safety materials, ask the owner, ask your boss, ask somebody on the site. I've often bought steel-toed boots for people. I've bought safety glasses, the cool ones that, that, that people like to wear, um, the cool gloves to wear. You're showing that they matter, folks matter to you, um, and, and you're, you're following through with the safety policy and all these kinds of things, and making it fun. Um, so finally, the last thing, and we got this exclamation point, is the punctuation, the exclamation point. So for me, it's to bring the fun and make this uh, not the most stressful thing you've ever done, and to be grateful about all of it. Uh, there's a vibe about a job. If the owner's having fun, he's he's upbeat and positive with with a good attitude. It kind of it, it kind of ripples through to the to the people working there. So I've heard so many people say it's the most stressful thing in the world remodeling or doing an investment property, but really that's a choice. It doesn't have to be like that. So 
people will, will, will reflect your attitude as you walk onto the site and talk to them and, you know, treat them like family. You know, if this was your family, would you be screaming at them all the time? Probably not. So why would you do that on a job site? So um, those are the kinds of things that I think will create those 10 things that will create a successful, positive, long-term relationship with your contractor. So don't forget, and please keep in mind to remember the phrase, we got this, staying united, staying together. Um, you guys can solve anything. And hopefully this has been, brought some value to you guys. And I'm, I'm with Powerful Homes, and I'm so glad you're here on the Powerful Homes podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Housing Literacy Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, and hit that subscribe button. And stay connected with Matt Garino by visiting www.powerfulhomes.org.